up. Slightly better. Uh, need more gain. Yeah, the gain's all. It's almost turned all the way up. But that'd be, that'd be max right there. Uh, probably just have to speak up. So hopefully that's. Yeah, Brett. Brett's Brett's more like a lamb. I'm more like a lion. So. <laughs> well, Brett. Brett's gonna have to get get a little loud here. Yeah, I'm gonna have to speak up a little. So um, we'll just kind of start over, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I was just saying, you know, we have Josiah and Jen Johnson and their children, Jonathan and uh, Jehu, just up here with our family. Be doing some ministry this weekend and really have been ministering to us. Uh, you know, as as just brothers and sisters in the Lord all weekend, and it's just been an amazing time. Uh, even starting from really yesterday uh, morning and just spending the day together, just talking about the Lord, feel so encouraged. And just uh, as I was saying, you can just tell that um, Josiah has been, you know, really formed in the secret place by the Lord and just carries a meekness and a humility, but then an authenticity and an authority in the Lord. Um, and that just de definitely recognize that grace on his life. And so, man, we're just so excited to have you with us and, um, and just looking forward to all the Lord may do through this live stream and then this time this weekend. So we're just really going to be casual and, um, you know, just talk uh, about the Lord Jesus and just see what happens and what comes up during this time. So, yeah, man. Amen, bro. It's, uh, it is really good, man, to be with you and Courtney and your kids as well. Jen and I and our boys have just enjoyed the time together, man. And, um, Brett and I, we just, we, we hooked up, uh, about six weeks ago, man, the Lord just had put it in our hearts to connect, reach out. And it's really just been, uh, an amazing uh, time of connecting with one another, not just, you know, in the Lord, but in life and in relationship. And uh, I, I know one thing that Brett and I both value, which by the way, I believe it's what the father values is relationship. That's not just built on doing ministry together, but doing life together. Yeah, and so um, it's been so amazing, uh, bro, not just to do ministry together, but to be in your home, bro, the last couple of days together and being, you know, we'll be together all day tomorrow as well, but living together with one another, man, and, and raising kids together and doing life together, fellowshipping in the spirit, sharing the word, praying in tongues, laughing, watching family matters, um, <laughs> you know, and just having a good time, man, in the Lord. So on, Brett and I wanted to uh, jump on and just spend some time just talking honestly as we normally do i don't we're not i don't necessarily feel like this is like hey we're going to come on here and preach a <laughs> message to you guys as much as we want to just share some things man that we know the lord is saying and things that we're seeing um things that we want to just submit to to you guys so that people who are watching this hopefully you're going to walk away from this with a hunger to draw closer to the Lord yeah. uh, and to get closer to Jesus and to run and walk with Jesus. And uh, I think that's, I mean, we named, I guess, this little video intimacy with the Lord or intimacy with Jesus, because yeah. I honestly believe, I know that COVID's going on and, and there's a lot of people that are feeling this way or that way about life right now. And I think the number one need of the hour, not to be vague, is intimacy with God. Like yeah. we need to be closer with the Lord more now than we've ever been. Yeah, I would agree a hundred percent. And I think really 
there is an invitation um, by the Lord right now in this season to really go from a, like a more formal type relationship with him to, to become more intimate. You know, if, if, if we're honest, some of us can become dependent upon uh, formats That's and right. systems in serving the Lord and we lose the relational side. But man, Jesus himself is so relational. God himself is so relational. Matter of fact, he's so relational. You know, he exists in three persons. Come on. He's so relational that God exists in three different parts, displaying that full nature of himself, man. And so I really feel like even in this time, man, there is an invitation to uh, be relational with Jesus in intimacy and locking away in just in daily life. And I know you and I were just discussing how... um, you know, we've noticed too, like in this season, some of the ways and formats and things that we have uh, learned over the years have literally, God has pulled the oil off of them and he's leading us to just uh, again, begin to experience them in new ways and different ways, because maybe we created a formula and it's like, well, this is how I encounter That's God. Right. This is how God ministers That's to right. me. Yeah. It's amazing. It's one thing that Brett and I have been talking about the last couple of days is how formulas that are honestly they're meant to try to lead us into intimacy with the lord the same formulas that men have created to try to lead us into intimacy with god are the actually the the things that will keep us from deeper realms of relationship with him and they'll get us in a rut man i i really do believe the lord is wanting to break up the monotony and break up the mundane and break up the, you know, the the truth is that so many of us, Brett and myself included, we get bored with God in, in different seasons because we're just trying to do the same old thing over and over again, producing the same results. And again, we're not speaking against consistency no, and devotion. Not at all. We're just talking about the way in which we encounter the Lord and the Lord encounters us like I'm prophesying to somebody today. The Lord is telling you it's time to switch it up. On, it's time to change up the way, like the same way that the Lord spoke to you last season is probably going to be very different than the than the way in which the Lord is wanting to speak to you in this season. You know, you like maybe in one season you're Elijah in the cave who needs to hear the whisper, and in the next season you're out on the mountaintop hearing the shout of the Lord. If you look for the whisper when God is shouting, you're gonna miss him. And if yeah. you look for the whisper, so I I just I don't know, man. I'm just feeling like this. The voice of the Lord, man, is ringing out in this season, and and in a very sober way, I really believe, man. So many people are missing what God is wanting to do. And I don't mean in some global sense or some broad sense. I'm not talking about national prophetic words. We're talking about personal intimacy between you and the Lord, between I and the Lord. Like, what is God saying to me in this season? Yeah, man, come on. Yeah, and I think too, bro, it it even goes into, um, and we've talked about this, like 
models of praying for the sick and healing and different things like that, that you just don't see these formulas in scripture. You know, Jesus is um, healing uh, someone through maybe spit and mud in the eye. Another one is sticking his fingers in the ear. The Another one, a lady just comes up and grabs the hem of his garment and gets healed. And it's never systematic or the same. And I believe that God sets it up that way because he's not going to deny himself the enjoyment of relationship with us. Amen. And, and, that, and that's that thing, literally, the, the, the language yeah. that God's given Brett and I over the last few days. And I don't know about you guys, but I know if you've got any good friends in the Holy Ghost or that love the Lord and you get to talking, the Holy Spirit will speak spontaneously, breathe revelation on conversation. And one of the things that he's been saying to us all weekend that we've just been marinating in and taking it in is formulas don't work. Yeah. Because they're anti-relational, yeah, they're cool. anti-intimacy. I'm not. I can't get caught putting God in a one plus one equals two box and saying this is how I'm going to encounter the Lord. Yeah. Because what if God decides to say, well, today one plus three equals four, or one plus one equals, you know, we anyway. Just He wants to break it up, man. The Lord is trying to come to us in a different way. Yeah, I, I would say even the Pharisees were so caught up in their Pharisees and Sadducees were so caught up in their formulas and ways of doing things that they literally miss the word made flesh walking amongst them. Yes. Yeah, man. No, he he actually he says um in John chapter five, he says to the Pharisees, You search the scriptures for in them you think is eternal life. Yeah. And now I'm paraphrasing, but basically the Lord I just, he just Saying I'm, but I'm standing right in front of yeah. you. You know the law, you know the Torah, you know what the scriptures teach, but you only know it here, yeah. and you don't know it here. You have an an intellectual understanding of what the kingdom should look like, but behold, I am the kingdom. I'm standing right in front of you, and you don't even see me. Yeah. So you would you say then it's safe to say that. Um, since the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, to become a Pharisee or Sadducee, they literally had to memorize, you know, the Torah and the prophets. They had to know it like verse by verse, word by word. So they knew the word of God. So it, you're from what this conversation is alluding to, would you say it's safe to say that you can know all about God, but not know God as a person? Absolutely. And I think before, you know, in, in a very gentle way, in a loving way, I would say, Unfortunately, I believe that much of the church, especially in the West, is full of that very thing. And we can say that because of the amount of people, even that I know personally, who simply get up and go to Sunday morning to check the box. They give the time just to check off the, you know, because the Pharisees, man, they prayed, they fasted, they gave, they obeyed the law. They did all these things. And yet when the Son of God shows up in front of them, it's basically, I mean, even that pair, like we could say it another way. It's the same thing he was saying of, you know, a lot about me, mm-hmm. but you don't know me. Yeah, man. man dude, yeah. Crazy. It's, it's really having knowledge without wisdom. You know, I, I, we, the Lord has defined to me, wisdom is the how to of God or the blueprint of heaven. It's, it's not only doing things, um, as God, 
says they should be done, but doing them in the way God wants them to be done with his heart and his nature. And so that's something that really the Lord has been speaking to me about. Personally, I know we've been talking about it this weekend. It's doing the things of God in the way of God. And, and, you know, so many of us to say, well, the Bible says, go preach, heal the sick, cast out devils. And it's great. Like you can go, go, go all day long. But if you're void humility, if you're void, the fear of God, if you're void purity and holiness, preferring others honor, integrity, man. Like, uh, so what if you're casting out devils and seeing thousands get saved, mm-hmm. you know, and prophesying every accurate, accurate word with all mystery and understanding and knowledge, but you do not have intimate knowledge of the Lord. He says it right here. He says in the last days, this is in, uh, Matthew chapter six, uh, verses 21, Verses 23, the Lord says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders. Another translation says many mighty exploits in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. Now, wait a minute. He's saying you did the things of God. That's you right. prophesied. No one prophesies unless it's spoken by the spirit, by the, by the gift of prophecy. That's right. He's not even saying your prophecies were inaccurate. Yeah. That's not the issue here. And he's saying we cast out demons in your name. And, and again, that other translation is many mighty exploits. These are Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking ministers coming to the Lord in that day. And he's saying, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness or iniquity. Another translation says, which to me translate of doing the things of God, but not in the ways of God. Man, a hundred percent. And I know that there's different people talking about this all over the earth. And this is not a new conversation. Not at all. Um, it's not a new thing. It may be new for some that may hear this or see this video. And if it is praise God for new revelation coming to you, but I, it is um, it is amazing. It's startling. I don't think it's ever going to stop being uh, concerning or shocking how many people in the church at large are absolutely fooled yeah. by miracle signs and wonders. They're fooled by prophecy. They're fooled by... Uh, can we just say this? That prophecy, miracle signs and wonders the anointing all of these things on that are that are emanating off of a man or a woman of God who's ministering teaching prophesying whatever it is none of those things are heaven's stamp of approval on the person that's doing the ministry it is heaven's stamp of approval on the message itself but not on the messenger and i'm not saying that obviously we're not saying that you know everyone who carries the you know the message is you know approved or not approved by the lord but i just think in this generation and i know i'll say it unapologetically we have been way 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 too quick to sign off on the character of many men and women of god over the years and the history of revival for thousands of years, going all the way back to the Bible, is full of many men and women of God who had massive character issues, mm-hmm. but they were masked by massive gifting. Yeah. Well, the Bible's clear, and it says God watches over His Word to perform it. 
This is why um, unbelievers and and wicked men and women can tithe and yet see a reward because you reap what you sow. There's many businesses out there that are sowing and reaping because it's literally spiritual law and it has nothing to do with the personal relationship with God. It's it's why many men and women of God. And also we we have the scripture of, you know, the gifts are without repentance. And Mm -hmm. that's why many men and women of God can operate in power, but in the back rooms, man, they're just ripping people people's heads off. They're not living integrity. They're sleeping around. They're sleeping with prostitutes. They're watching pornography. But like the one would say, well, but heaven's still backing them. No, God is watching over his word to perform it. it. And that's why Jesus goes right back to saying, I never knew you. And Mm -hmm. that word knew you in the Greek is genosko as a man knows a woman. It's intimacy, intimacy, man. It's, it's this experiential knowledge. Yeah, man. It's these formulas without a relationship yeah man yeah man. um gosh so many there's so many ways that we could go because this is so good going from this place but um you know a lot of people especially in the charismatic movement the prophetic move man you know a lot of people love to say well your gift will make room for you that's what the scripture says you know yeah. don't don't muzzle the oxen the yeah. gi- a gift makes room for a man yeah. but the thing is, is man, that, that if, if you're, if you don't have the character mm-hmm. to sustain you in the place that your gift makes room for you, you'll become a disaster. Not only will you end up hurting yourself, but you'll hurt everyone who's been learning from you, especially if what you've been teaching or preaching is not connecting people directly to the Lord yeah. and it's connecting them to you, which is a whole nother thing. I, I don't know whether we'll go there or not, but man, uh, Martin Lloyd Jones, great revivalist, he used to say something that has stuck in my heart for a long time. I'm still processing it, mm-hmm. learning it, but he says that the greatest tragedy that can befall any man or woman of God is for them to succeed before the appointed time, yeah. before they're ready. And yeah. I, we could literally spend hours just unpacking this thing of. We love in the church to talk about the promises of God. We love to prophesy the promises of God. We love to talk about revival and awakening and blessing and your your breakthrough. And this is all the good things that are going to happen to you. But where are the real prophets? Where are the real messengers of the Lord? Where are the real fathers and mothers and, and vessels who are not only speaking the blessing of God into people, but also helping them understand that with every promise, there is a process yeah. that is attached to it. And many of the promises of God, they are uh, they are absolutely dependent upon this one little word, yeah. very powerful word called if yeah, come on, I if the ifs I of F, God, man, the come ifs on. of God, yeah. like there, it, it, there's so many of the promises of the Lord, especially in prophecy, they're contingent upon us submitting to the leadership of Jesus, yeah. His lordship in our life, yeah. Him fathering the orphan in us and growing us, yeah. and and over time that thing beginning to manifest in us, man. I mean, I can tell you right now, and I know the same of your story, Brett of. Boy, man, did I, I got loaded up with prophetic words and, and prom, drunk on the promises of God yeah. at 18, 19, 20. And now here I am, uh, I'll be 34 this year. So I know we're a couple still young guys. Yeah. Um, but man, it's been 14 years of, of craziness, man. I mean, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and taking my lumps and trying to learn how to be godly in my character and really understanding absolutely. Ap- 
emphatically that the Father is more interested in changing me than He is in using me. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, that's so, that's so good. And and, I, and again, it all comes back to that relational aspect with Him and not losing that. And then even in the context of of one another, I think possibly you would agree. And and tell me if you don't, please. But uh, <laughs> you know, certainly we we we. How many of you know? And I, I want to say this: you don't have to agree on everything to be in unity. That's, that's right. A, that's a lie. Um, so anyway, but, um, you know, tell me if you, if you agree, you know, even in the context of each other and in 2020, uh, and this year is flying by, it's going to be 2021 before we know it. Yeah, man. Um, the, the day of the Lord is approaching, but anyway, in the context of relationship with each other, this day and age, I think the fight is also, and maybe what creates a safe place to try to avoid these kind of pitfalls is relationship with each other and intimacy with each other. And in 2020, I can go online and build my own platform overnight, really. And people think and have this great, uh, idea of who we are. I can have some grandiose idea idea about who I am, if I'm charismatic, if I've got giftings, if I've got an ability to communicate clearly, man, man. and tickle the ears of men. And all of a sudden I've got a platform, but I have no intimacy and no accountability and doing life with each other. And I feel like maybe in 2020, the fight has got to be maintaining relationship and being open. And, you know, the Bible talks about the wounds of a friend over the kisses of an enemy and really, really like doing life with each other and getting in the knit and grit of each other life. And I'm reminded of Jesus and the early apostles. I mean, you have these 12 men following Jesus everywhere he goes day and night living with each other, man. Let me tell you, there are so many of us that if we're honest, if we did life together, uh, with, uh, there's going to be things that come up in my character and in your character and in the day to day walk that, that wouldn't be seen unless we really got into each other's lives that he's able to see and say, Hey man, I think maybe there's a blind spot here. You know, you're better than that come up higher there's grace for you to walk better than that but listen i will never have the benefit of the grace on josiah's life until i am vulnerable enough to invite him in obviously i need to make sure you know he's trustworthy and proves faithfulness and has the heart of god he's not controlling not manipulative uh we're not talking about that but we're talking about in the context of healthy christ-centered confrontation and community relational uh aspects of this walk with God, that God is relational and he operates relationally within his body. And I feel like a lot of this closed door stuff would never be half as much of an issue as it is right now if we would walk in intimacy with each other, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I I 100% agree, bro. I, I would even say something that the Lord said to me years ago in my walk early on with the Lord was he challenged me about intimacy and he said, to me, something I'll never forget. He said, intimacy without vulnerability is false intimacy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, vulnerability, you know, if I was going to break it down, it's nakedness. It's, it's being bare before one another. It's being real with one another. And I just agree, man, one of the number one reasons why so many ministers, leaders, pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, you know, healing workers, what, who, whatever your ministry might be, whatever you're doing, so many people end up shipwrecked in their faith and in compromise and end up in massive sin because of not just the lack of accountability. Because honestly, bro, even accountability 
can can be so void and so barren if that accountability is not birthed out of relationship, man. Because I know a lot of people that have accountability in place mm -hmm. that have still fallen massively because you can lie in your yeah. accountability. You yeah. can, if, if we're just meeting once a month with my board of my ministry to check in with how I'm doing, but I'm not actually doing life with anybody, you're setting yourself up for massive failure. And I think the scariest thing, man, is knowing how many leaders in the body right now, again, not all of them. There are definitely healthy leaders out there. Uh, we know many of them, yeah. um, but we also know many and have heard of many very real scenarios and situations. I think because Brett and I both um, have had the privilege and the honor to travel a lot and minister to the body of Christ all over the place. We, we can, I just feel like it's safe to say there's a lot of really unhealthy stuff that's going on out there. And, and, and it's not like, Oh, look that, you know, there you're messed up. It's like my heart breaks with compassion for how many leaders out there are so lonely and isolated and they're because of that they're wounded and they don't even recognize how wounded they are and honestly bro that's where the compromise and the sin comes in it comes in through woundedness that we start trying to overcompensate and get healing in one area by checking out and doing this or engaging in that we get dulled in our spirits through a wound and then before you know it we've compromised we've sinned we've fallen whatever it is because all because we said no to real relationships because we were afraid that if we got real and raw, we got vulnerable and naked, that we'd end up receiving judgment and it would disqualify us. And I guess that's what I wanted to say too is like, man, the goal of intimacy and vulnerability with one another is not knowing each other's secrets so that we can then disqualify one another. Yeah. I like, I just, I'm going to tell you right now, the, the reason why a lot of people don't get intimate and get vulnerable in relationships, especially leaders in ministry is because they tried it once with another leader or with another friend. And then it got used as ammunition against them to disqualify them. When in reality, bro, we should be walking in so much love and mercy and grace and understanding with Paul said with a heart as to restore one another, bro. And yeah. to see one another be healed. James five says, confess your sins one another in order that you might be healed. Yeah. I think there's a revelation there, bro, of we can confess our stuff to God while I'm, you know, the Lord knows my heart and I talk to God all the time. Yes, that's true. I'm not saying that we're not forgiven, but man, the healing balm of the Lord, okay. it gets released in real relationships and intimacy and it's what keeps us healthy. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I think too that maybe what hinders and blocks our ability to have these type of relationship is the lie of shame. Mm -hmm. um, it's some misrepresenting the heart of the father, not understanding repentance, you, you know, that there is repentance without penance, if you will, Yeah, man. that when I repent, God restores me back to the place in which I fell. I don't need to earn some place back in his grace or favor. Jesus already did that, man, that Amen. when I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my Come sins on. and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And when I operate in that same heart towards you and you come and you're vulnerable with me, I then become a minister of reconciliation That's right. and I extend the grace and love and mercy of God that says, Hey man, your, your sins have been pardoned. Here's the mercy of the Lord. He extends. That's the truth. He extends his mercy to you, but he also extends his grace, his divine ability and power for you not to ever fall back into that thing again. And matter of fact, I'm going to love you so much that I'm going to check on you, man. And I'm going to say, Hey, how 
you doing with that? How's things going? And actually pay a price for you to walk in the fulfillment of your destiny and holiness, not get caught up in me and myself and I and so worried about this time or what it costs me or, man, forget that stuff. Jesus himself came and said, there's no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. So the question is like, am I willing to pay a price, whether it be time, effort, energy, or whatever, for your holy, for your purity to make sure and keep in covenant with you, man, and work at that relationship? Because what matters to me is you manifesting the man Jesus. That's right. And that brings glory to God in the earth, man. And when we begin to do that, there's an invitation and a safe place to walk in the light as he is in the light. Yeah, because man. shame is the fear that what is in darkness will come to light. That's right. But when I walk in the light and I leave no room for that and I allow the light of the Lord to shine in every crevice and hidden part of my heart, clean out every cobweb, man, by just ripping it open and saying, here I That's am. Right. God accepts me and I know you have his heart and you accept me. Not that I can remain in sin, but that I can be called higher and empowered to walk free from it. And we can walk together like that in the light, so man. Good. It so disarms shame. Yeah, man. It so keeps me from being bound up. So many people are running around in depression. And I'm speaking that right now. Maybe you're running around in depression and anxiety. And it's because you're bound up in sin because you're worried about what somebody's going to think about you. Okay. Listen, if you ever got to, uh, to get confused about what God thinks about you, just look at the cross and that'll tell you what he thinks about you. And then I encourage you, find someone that's trustworthy and that you've seen their faithfulness and go to them and confess your sins one to another that you might be healed, it says, and set free from that stuff and be loose and free from shame. Listen, you have a seat at the Father's table. That's right. You are accepted in the beloved. And right now, I break the orphan spirit off of anybody that is uh, listening right now. I come against it and I pray that the um, the spirit of adoption would come, that you would understand that you are accepted. You are a part of the household of faith. If you've committed your life to Jesus, if you've been washed clean, born again, created new with a new nature, you have a seat at the Father's table and shame has no place as long as you're willing to live in intimacy with the Lord yeah. and when other believers walking in the light and leaving no place for shame. Yeah, and 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 and, and I it's like the Lord I remember kind of like things in rhymes or in things that are similar because I'm kind of dense and I need help and the Lord knows that. So like sh- just remembering shame SH shame hides in the shadows, yeah. bro. Shame and yeah. shadows they go hand in hand. But so when good. you bring shame out of the shadow yeah. and into the light, it dies. It wow. loses all its power. It literally gets eradicated. And that is the power, bro, of walking in intimacy and vulnerability and transparency, man. Like yeah. when we're able to walk with one another, yeah. I mean, bro, my just being here together the last few days in your house, it's been amazing, bro. We have wept we have laughed. We have shared our victories and our valleys, bro. It's been real. It's been raw. It's been intense. It's been <laughs> full of the fear of the Lord and the glory of God. And also just intense moments of just sobriety and just, man, I, I really do believe this is not just something that God like wants to do you know, with only one or two people in your life. Unfortunately, we don't experience this as much as we should. But again, it goes back to... Um, I really do believe this even prophetically right now for some of y'all that are watching or people that will watch this later. 
You got wounded in community. You got hurt in relationship. And Brett and I have been there. We have both <laughs> literally, I grew up in the church. Brett and I have been around the Lord for quite some time. And man, sheep bite. We hurt one another. We wound one another. We we may not even mean to, and we do it because we're still working out our salvation with fear and trembling. But I'm telling you guys, it's time to re-sign back up for community. We can't get away any longer with, well, it's just me and the Lord. Like we're good. I don't need friends guys, that's anti-kingdom. It's anti-biblical. It's anti the heart of the father. The father didn't create us man to be alone. He didn't create us to do life on our own. He created us to do life with one another. And I just want to say, I understand what it means to be hurt by the church. But I also want to say this, that when we stand before the Lord, whether it's tomorrow or in 40 years from now, Using church hurt or relational hurt as an excuse for why we didn't fulfill the call of God on our lives, it's not going to be a valid excuse in the eyes of Jesus, man. And it's not to be harsh. It's just to say, man, we've got to forgive. Jesus hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I can't, I mean, I can just tell you, I really believe that that's not just a prayer that Jesus prayed. It is a prayer that believers, we must learn to pray. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Oh yeah, well, they knew what they did to me. That might be true, but they, I can tell you right now, it's just my revelation or or, or my understanding, I should say, the Lord gave me is, I don't think anybody really understands the depth of what we do to one another when we sin and transgress against each other. I think if we knew, we probably wouldn't do it nearly as much. We've got to forgive each other and get back on the horse and get back in community. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think some maybe say, well, what about justice? And what about when injustice is done to me? And and what about vengeance and the vengeance of the Lord? And that's just it. You know, we were having a discussion uh, and it came up by the spirit about the martyr Stephen, you know, and he's standing there looking up at the Lord saying, Father, forgive them for they know what, not what they do as they, as he's being stoned. And I'm sure he heard the story of Jesus saying that Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But I also believe if you go and look in Revelations, it says that the martyrs are under the throne crying out to Jesus saying, when will you avenge our blood? Not when will you give us free reign to bring vengeance and justice for ourselves, That's right. but when will you avenge our blood. And I believe both Stevens and the martyrs sitting under the throne of God have such a revelation of the wrath and vengeance and justice of God that they trust it and know that they don't have to do anything. They trust the judgments of the Lord. And they say, I am actually free from having to bring justice for myself. I'm free from having to bring mercy for myself. Or, or sorry, I'm free from having to bring vengeance for myself. That vengeance is the Lord. Yeah. And I can literally rely in his heart, his judgment in his perspective and I'm free from needing to um, be avenged and bring justice in man that will free you up real 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 quick and then you're able to even be stoned to death and man. say Lord forgive them they don't know what they do yeah man, I mean I don't really think that we know what we're asking for when we begin to pray prayers like Lord I just want to look like you I just want to be like you and the Holy Spirit says Amen. Because the goal of intimacy with Jesus is to be conformed to his likeness and image. We said earlier that God's more interested in changing us than he is in using us, that he's got to flow 
through in us before he can flow through us. Yeah. We don't need to be in a hurry to get out there and do the works of the one who sent us. Although there's time for that. It's yeah. like a whole nother thing of right. Yeah. You know, John spends his whole life in the wilderness to come out for a short time and proclaim the here, here comes the son of God. Jesus spends 30 years yeah. in a press called faithfulness yeah doing all kinds of stuff to come out for three and a half years of ministry. And we could go on all day long in the scriptures from Paul to King David to, and I would just say something we have been talking about, the more intense your calling is, yeah. the more people you're called to reach, the more, the greater depth of what God's called you to. It's only indicative of a greater depth of suffering, a greater depth of trial. And again, that may make some people afraid and say, whoa, 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 that's not the Lord I know. But guys, We've got to get balanced out in yeah. this season, man. We cannot afford to do any more lopsided Christianity. Yeah. We can't afford to do any more immature Christianity where we're polarizing the character of God, which means that we are we have been teaching and preaching in the church in many denominations for far too long. We're lopsided. We preach like on the severity of God without ever touching the goodness of God, and it produces critical Christians of everyone and everything. Or we start preaching too heavy the good of God without ever talking about a severity and then it sets us up for being undisciplined and we don't want to go through the fire and neither one of these is healthy and that's just one yeah. bro of a million examples I feel like we've come up with in the spirit this weekend of the, the byproduct of unbalanced Christianity unbalanced yeah. walking with Jesus man it, it, it really is having a truth either way there is truth in grace there is truth in 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 holiness and purity and severity there's truth in kindness but there there are truths about a person who is truth and i feel like sometimes we can get so hung up on a truth that we miss the full picture of the one who is truth and you know god says my ways are higher than your ways my thoughts are higher than Come your on. thoughts and it's hard for us to understand that god can both be completely fully kind and merciful and gentle and at the same time wrathful and vengeful and holy and pure it is but he can be kind and severe meek and mild jesus is the full expression of all those things at the very same time, you know, and I think that's really where some of this community stuff gets off, man. Yeah. Because if I have this great revelation about the grace of God, but I reject the severity of God, when you come to me as a brother in love to bring correction, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like God because I never hear correction from that's God. Right. And I never hear something that may be a quote unquote negative to my thought from God. But the Bible says that God chastises those whom he loves. So Absolutely. if I reject the chastisement of the Lord, I reject my own sonship. A hundred percent. I'm rejecting it. You know? Yeah, man. There is another one of those just catchy phrases the Lord's given me over the years that helps me remember when it comes to the correction and discipline of the Lord, man, is, you know, orphans view correction as rejection. Yeah. Sons view correction as affection. Yeah. And there is a big difference, man. And I think that some of us, we just need to be honest before the Lord and realize that though, if you're born again, man, yeah. you're born into the kingdom, you become a son. Yeah. Sons, you know, sons don't work for for what they receive from the father. Okay. Sons yeah. receive an inheritance. Yeah. Slaves are continuing to try to work for what's already been paid for for them. But at the same time, like that mentality 
should ha- should produce a humility within us that helps us to realize that though we're sons, mm-hmm. we still act like orphans sometimes, man. And we desperately need the father to come and father us. Yeah. We need him to come and father the orphan in us. And it's not like, oh, well, you're an orphan, you're yeah. out, you know, which is what the religious yeah. spirit tries to do to people. You messed up. You're out. You're yeah. done. We're going to hold, we're going to, we're going to, uh, you're going to be the black sheep. Now we're going to make you wear a scarlet letter. We're going to religion always does that. It's yeah. unforgiving. It's unmerciful. Yeah. It's unkind, but the gospel says, yeah, you messed up, but you're forgiven. Yeah. And we're not talking about sloppy grace. We're not talking about people that are perpetually offending the Holy Spirit who are continually stuck and caught in sin and using grace as a license to continue to violate the Lord. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this grace that comes on us and empowers us to actually live according to to Jesus. Yeah. And and honestly, that will never, I, I believe, I, I love the secret place of the most high. We've talked about that. Like it, on, it is, I believe Psalms 91 in the coming days ahead is going to be so key. We need the secret place. Jesus said, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. We see Jesus going a stone throw away from the father and we need it. But unfortunately we can become lopsided even in that. And I'm telling you, uh, you, we will never display the full measure of the man Jesus on our own in an island unto ourselves, just simply locked away with the Lord. There are some things in the Lord that we can only grow into in the context of community. Paul said it. He said that only when every gift, every That's calling right. is function in everybody is doing their part, serving others for the benefit of others, not only themselves, but literally laying their life down in love for others. Only then when all those things are on full display, would we be grown up into the full measure of the man Christ Jesus, which is the entire purpose of us still being on this planet is to display him that others might know him, that they might display him, that others might know him. Why? So that they can spend eternity with Jesus as well. Yeah, man, and in, in, in that same context or in that same vein of thought of, you know, what about constantly thinking of others yeah. better than yourself, man? Yeah, come Preferring on, one <laughs> another, deferring to one another, yeah, man. promoting one another. And yeah. it, just in case you didn't know or didn't realize, like we actually see that within the Godhead, Father, yeah. Son, and Holy Spirit, all throughout the scriptures, we see them deferring to one another, preferring one another and promoting one another because all of them are God. They all bring glory to one another and they're modeling. It's what we talked about in the beginning. It's just so good. God is so relational that he manifests himself in three persons as one God. And within the model of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are actually modeling for us how we should do relationship with one another. Vulnerability, intimacy, authenticity, loving one another, serving Serving one another, preferring one another, exalting one another. That's powerful, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, sorry. I just actually went into um, a, a little, a, a little vision as you were, 
as you were talking about this, and I just I have a question for um, pastors and, and leaders real quick. And this is the question I would ask you in your ministry. Is there a wake of bodies left behind of people that have been used and abused Come in on. order for you to go up and ascend your platform in ministry? Or is there a wake of people that look more like Jesus that are open, feeling secure in who they are as children, blossoming in look more like the Lord? now than when the first time they met you. I mean, be sober. Paul said, be sober minded. Do not think too highly of yourself. And so ministers, leaders, those aspiring to ministry, I ask you this question by the spirit of the living God. Are there a wake of bodies left behind on your path of ascending the hill of quote unquote ministry are or are there people that have been transformed in manifesting the man Christ wherever you go is there evidence of life flowing i mean that's one thing i have to say too about you bro and i want to commend you even Thank in you. it is i being around you i don't just feel um encouraged and uplifted i feel convicted mm. i feel there's things that you just do in the way you live your life that is a living epistle a message mm. that just watching you live life makes stirs me up in hunger for the lord to be more like him and it's challenging it's convicting it's comforting Come it's on, encouraging man. all of it i mean one of the greatest it's so funny because one of the greatest ways that we we related even yesterday was in our own weaknesses, Come on, you know, man. and being able to be vulnerable in that, in <laughs> our own weaknesses. Like we don't, not thinking too highly of ourselves, but living sober mindedly into talking about the utter dependence upon the Lord and how broken and, and just contrite before the Lord that we have to constantly be aware of that man and never let the hardness of our heart form, but to constantly be broken. And that that is what's acceptable in his sight, man, that that is what he's looking for. Yeah, I mean, literally spent time yet so much of the day exalting the Lord in our weakness with one another. Yeah. Talking about, guys, want to, let's get practical and real, like yeah. talking about how we've blown it as dads at times and how we've blown it as husbands and the way that we've spoken to our wives at times. And, oh, you know, I know that that might shatter the image <laughs> of the perfect pastor, the perfect man of God, but man... You know, if this thing's not about me and it's not about bread and it's not about you and it really is about the Lord, then man, to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Man, may may my life be open and filleted for the world to see into my weakness, into your weakness, the power of Christ be manifested. We need more leaders, bro, yeah. who are willing to be transparent and real. And I don't mean like, I feel like, you know, the transparency and real, I don't mean like, openly like talking about sin and compromise yeah. in a way that's like making it okay. Yeah. Cause I've heard plenty of that too, but in a way that's like, look guys, here's where I missed it. Here's where the Lord corrected me. Yeah. And here's how I'm working with Jesus to yeah. fix it. And before we go any further, bro, I just want to say how much I love you too, <laughs> man. And, and that feeling uh, of respect and love and honor is so mutual for me, bro. It has been refreshing to spend time with another brother, man, who is, um, who loves Jesus, man, and who loves the Lord and is doing everything he knows how to do to bring honor to his name, but is also real. There's skin on our bones, man. We have real issues, yeah. but man, we deal with them day after day, man. So I just, I think that's part of what we've just said, dude, is we've laughed together. We've cried yeah. together. We've, we, we've been blown out just by the presence of the Lord. Yeah, um, and I think that that is, you know, 
even the model for making, I'm probably talking more like the model for making real disciples, man, in this season, it's not going to come from a program and it's not going to, you listen, if you're a pastor leader watching this, I just want to say this to you. You cannot make disciples from behind, from behind the pulpit. You cannot disciple people from the pulpit on Sunday morning. You can't even disciple people from your intro class for your church where you give them a personality test and figure out how you can make them a door greeter, a Sunday school teacher or whatever it is. I just want to, I literally want to vomit. I'm so sorry on that model of ministry that uses and abuses and chews up the people of God. And I know that people are going to get offended by me saying that, but guys, listen, it's not relational. You know, getting people to try to come to your church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night and then telling them, hurry up and sign up for the intro class so we can get to know you. No, you're not not getting to know anybody. You want to figure out how you can use and abuse the people of God so that you can grow your church to a certain number or a certain level by which you then gain personal or corporate notoriety so that you can build a platform so you can travel, so you can make a bigger salary, so whatever it might be. And, I, and guys, if Brett and I know this stuff, if, if if many other sons and daughters know this, you better believe the Father knows exactly what's going on, man. I, I live in light of the judgment seat, bro. Yeah, I live in light of knowing that I'm going to have to give an account to the Lord Jesus for my life and the ministry and the gifts he's given me, and he's not going to ask me about the size of my church or how many people attended my services. He's going to ask me how well did I love how well did I disciple who did I lay my life down for and I just want to just clap this thing and say to some even if one person would listen and just say enough is enough stop the religious shenanigans stop the charade and we've got to get back to laying down our lives as shepherds of the sheep to see people go higher and farther and faster than we ever could because that is what real fathers and real shepherds do. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, Sorry, good, man. I bro. Just... No, go for it, uh, bro. It, it, and just it, it stirred me up and reminded me of just Paul saying, like, even now, if my life is poured out as a drink offering for you, and he says this right after he talks about Jesus coming and laying his life down as the example, and he's literally saying, I'm only here for your benefit. Like, if it's really for me, I would go on and be with the Lord. And that's what we're talking about as as leaders, as Christians, as whatever, man, that we would live our life for Christ because there's one day and one day only that we're living for, and that's for the day that we stand before Jesus. Jesus and give account not only for what we did, but how we did it and why we did it. And anything done out of any other reason than for obedience and love for Jesus and his people will be burnt up and accounted for nothing. And I believe there's some people with the biggest ministries in the on the planet right wood, now. Wood, hay, and stubble, man. That will be wood, hay, and stubble. And there's some little grandmas, man, that are sitting in their home that have been faithful with only doing what they've heard the Father say to do that are going to have some of the biggest mansions in all of heaven. Absolutely. Because they're living for the Lord and they're not living for their own notoriety, for their own name, for their own fame. They're, like, dude, we're, I'm done with all of that. Like, I'm telling you, God is... There's been, I've been saying it he's for been months, done man. with it, bro. He's, he's so ne- done. He's never been okay with it. Come on, man. Never. Come on, bro. I mean, I feel, I feel like sometimes we act like this is like yeah, a new, like this a is new a thing. new thing. 
Man, God, the Father has never been okay with the people of God, the bride of God, the body of Christ being taken advantage of, being milked for money, being abused, being manipulated, being controlled. And again, before anybody says, well, these guys are just wounded or this, you know, <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually man, like we love the church and we oh. love pastors and leaders. And we are those church, guys. Man. We have lots of relationships with people, but you guys, I'm not gonna give my life anymore, not another day to any more of this stuff that produces orphans. Because, I mean, men, we could sit here and talk some time about how much of many churches and ministries are, they're, they're orphanages masking or raiding around as churches, bro. Yeah. And, you know, churches and orphanages, they have a lot of things in common, bro. You're going to get your needs met. You're going to get a warm meal. You're going to have covering. You're going to get a sermon. You're going to get all the whatever. You're going to have, you know, some sense of family or community, man. But it's like, it's so empty, it's yeah. so empty. It produces orphans who don't really have a revelation of fatherhood, of brotherhood, of community. And it's why they get wounded in that community and then go run down the street to the next church or they run back to the bar they came from before yeah. they came there or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and some of you may say, what does this have to do with intimacy with Jesus? I, oh, I just read this because this is the real thing, man. This is what he's looking for. This is intimacy to like intimacy is like nothing hidden into me see into me see rend it stop sweeping stuff under the rug and like acting like it's okay it's just not listen i don't care i don't care about you know stewarding quote unquote the influence or this or that or all that stuff if it means sacrificing integrity and character and not being authentic and not looking like jesus i was telling you yesterday we were walking through walmart and i said man when i'm on my face i'm like lord like i love miracle signs and wonders and i love the demonstration of the power but if the power is not making me produce christ-like nature if i'm not patient if i'm not growing in kindness if i'm not growing in gentleness if i'm not growing in goodness if i'm not ever growing into who not only what he does but who he is as a person what am i doing what is this power and i'm telling you that in this hour what god's not been okay with is being revealed and removed that god is actually separating and tearing and revealing and pulling back and i know the bible says love covers but i'm telling you light also shines and exposes and there is a time when love covers and light shines and there's a season for covering and there's a season for shining and the spotlight of the Lord is coming because the Lord is going to return and he is going to return for a bride that is spotless and blemishless. And I'm telling you right now, the God is calling people to lay down their life for this purpose. I'm telling you to lay it down for this one purpose, that this bride would be pure and that that man, Jesus would be made manifest in his fullness on the earth. That's what this happens to do with intimacy with Jesus. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, I I just, I feel like so many things about our ministry culture, bro, especially in America, it's what we referenced earlier. It's like the, the sin and I'm calling it a sin because it's what it is. The sin of self-promotion is what has made the body so sick. And I want to say it again for all the people in the back. The sin of self-promotion has released massive sickness in the body of Christ. And we have so many people 
preaching, teaching, leading, traveling, itinerating, prophesying. Dude, I can't even wrap my mind around how many people are on the internet and 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 it's every day. It's a, a prophesy for, for with a cash tag app, like get on here. I'm going to give you some fubbly bubbly word and make you feel good about, and I don't even know you and your, your character is probably jacked up, but I'm trying to make a dollar off of you using my gift. Cause some other jacked up person in ministry told me that's the way I need to go. And I'm doing that. And I'm continuing to promote the sin of self-promotion, which is producing more sickness and carnality in the body. I just want to pray right now, Jesus, would you shut down? the self-promoting circus in the American church and would you actually raise up real sons and daughters who have paid the price in the secret place to walk in real power and real authority. The reason why we don't have authority over demons, the reason why we don't see the sick getting healed, the reason why we don't see real kingdom works being established in many places of the earth is because Ishmael is parading around as Isaac And there is a difference between those who have the blessing of God on them because they have an anointing and those who are carrying the promises of God that they've paid a price to see through and be manifested. I just feel like that's going to preach to somebody today, man. Like, listen, the promises of God are not cheap and they are yes and amen in the sun, man. But I just... My heart is exploding right now, yeah. Brett, just with yeah, this theme of the wilderness, man, yeah. of just being with the Lord and leaning on him and dying to self and learning to get crucified. What if we said that the measure of, of real sons and daughters or the measure of those you're walking in authority or, or, or whatever that would look like is not how many invitations you can get, but how many you can turn down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. I, I, and I do, I, I just want to bring what, what I just heard. I heard the Lord say there's a difference between self-promotion and spirit-led posting. Come on, man. There's a difference between like, we're, we're not saying that, you know, maybe you have a meeting and you say, Hey, that, uh, my meeting's here, or this, that we're not talking about that. When the Lord tells you to do it, that's the difference. That 100%. There's, there's a big difference between God told me to do it one time. And now I feel like I have free reign to do, do it whenever I want. And I also want to clarify. Um, and again, some other just pick up on, on, on thoughts and stuff of, of maybe some of you are thinking, but I just want to say this, like, like we're not sitting here, th- uh, this, this afternoon stating that we have this thing figured out. Not at all. Or, or, and it's not like a punch up the church session no. or a, uh, or, you know, we, we, we come, come join our ministry, come do that. Cause we got it figured out. What we're saying is nobody does. Yes. N- nobody like in, in the ones that are acting like they do, that's the error. Like what we're saying is let's humble ourselves and cling to the feet of Jesus and be intimate with the Lord and have him infuse and lead and guide us. If the son of the living God, the spotless lamb, the word made flesh and baptized in the spirit only did what he saw the father doing and only spoke what he heard the father saying, may that be the model that we would humble ourselves and say, bro, I don't have this thing figured out. I don't, I don't got it figured out. I will never understand the height and depth and width of what is God. And it's why we see Paul constantly praying, Lord, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you so that we would have it rightly. And again, man, it, it comes back to the relational aspect. God set it up that way that you will never, ever, ever, ever be able to continue destiny and fulfill what God has for you or walk out this life on this earth for the remainder with 
without relationship with him. It cannot be done. It will turn into this depart from me. I never knew you. Every single time when we leave this place of intimacy and relationship with him. I think one thing we were talking about earlier, man, uh, today, uh, I mean, many of you guys know this story in Matthew chapter 16 of Jesus's conversation with the disciples and as Jesus does so often he sets them up the way he sets us up in relationship with good questions he sets them up with a question he says hey boys you know what's the word around town what who do men say that I am and you know hey some say that you're Elijah some say that you're John the Baptist some say that you're Jeremiah and, you know, he lets him, he lets him go on for a while about, you know, what other people are saying. And then he says, who do you say that I am? And in that moment, Peter gets a download from the father and, and he says, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus praises Peter and says, you know, Praise God for you, Simon, son of Barjona, for this, this was, this revelation was not given to you by a man, but it was revealed to you by my heavenly father. It was Peter's intimacy with the Lord, his hunger for God that was drawing him to communion. Jesus said that no man comes unto the father unless the spirit of God draws him. The Lord was drawing Peter. Peter was having his own encounter and Jesus was marveling at the encounter that Peter was having. And interestingly enough, bro, in the realm of, you know, because intimacy produces identity Mm -hmm. and identity is what actually should be what establishes our influence. It's the three eyes, intimacy, identity, and influence. And it's in that order. And unfortunately, a lot of what we've done in the past or what we've done in our lives is we have tried to skip intimacy, which, which means we're skipping identity and we jump right into a place of influence, which turns into calamity. I know that's a mouthful, but let's just go back to this intimacy thing of Peter gets a download from the father. He correctly identifies who Jesus is. He's got a revelation. And then the very next thing that comes out of of Jesus' mouth is actually what stuns me about this whole story. Peter confesses who Jesus is. And the minute that he does, Jesus confesses who Peter is, bro. There's an exchange that begins to happen. And I think we get this equation backwards sometimes where we're like, we want the Lord to tell us who we are. Tell me who I am. Affirm me in my calling. Am I an apostle? Am I a prophet? Am I an evangelist? Am I this? Am I that or the other thing? And, And we don't even know who he is. And if we knew who he was, and if we had a revelation of who he was, it wouldn't matter what our function in ministry was because we would be so enamored with his glory and his beauty and who he was that we would be content to let him dictate the pace of the relationship rather than us trying to to circumvent or get around intimacy because we just want to hurry up and get to identity and we really just want to hurry up to get to influence. Yeah, bro. It's almost like when we receive a a promise, we have permission to pursue it and it's not that's not necessarily the case. Mm. Um <laughs> when we receive the promise, the promise and we receive it early is often to allow us to endure the process that it takes to possess it. 
And it's the Lord that brings about the promise. And he often puts it before us as, as like a reward saying, hey, listen, this is where I'm taking you. So in those moments when you feel like nothing is adding up and when you feel like it's, that's why Paul says, wage warfare by the prophecies spoken about you and to you, that with them you would fight and push back with it and t- w- during the process while God is molding you and purifying you. But it's, sometimes it's like, I got a prophetic word. Like I got a, a, a somebody told me I'm an apostle. Somebody told me I'm a prophet. Somebody told me, so now tomorrow I need to go make it happen. But the thing, again, God will never tell you something about yourself or tell you something about your destiny that will be able to be a fulfilled void relationship with him. There's no doubt, man. And that's where I think even, even, you know, surveying and, and viewing, um, with a very loving but very careful eye when I look across the prophetic landscape and when I see, you know, I feel like literally every other city in America has got a school of the prophets and an online net prophetic network. And it's, I mean, man, there's all of this crazy stuff going on. And I see so little sonship, man. I see so little real intimacy. We desire uh, we desire more to prophesy than we do to obey. <laughs> and that's a huge red flag, bro. That's a huge problem. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, and, and again, it just, it just continually comes back to intimately knowing Jesus in our, in our day to day walk, living in the secret place with him. And then a, a allowing and building and investing in intimacy with his bride and with each other and opening that up, opening our lives up, bearing our hearts before the Lord. I mean, David so beautifully, constantly bearing his heart before the Lord and then divinely exchanging all the sorrow and anguish for the joy and the glory and the presence of God. And then we doing that, doing the same thing together. And then the Christ in you is the hope of glory, right? So the Christ in you, by the Christ in you and the Christ in me and the Christ in others, we access that same glory. And it's not either or, it's it's both. That's right. And that's intimacy um, with Jesus. Man, well, do you want to, do you just want to pray for the people, bro? And then then we'll probably just wrap it up. I think this has been good. Um, I've definitely felt the Lord um, seeing some of your guys' comments. So appreciate the encouragement and, and, uh, and everything. Praise God. Yeah, man, Lord, thank you so much. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you for loving us so well. Lord, thank you for teaching us. And and I, even just as we pray, the Lord is reminding me of 1 John 2, 26 and 27. You know, for those of you who may be watching or end up hearing this, you may say, man, I don't, I don't know how to be intimate. I don't have a teacher. I don't have a pastor. I don't have somebody I trust or that I can walk with. I don't have that brother or sister. Man, first John two, 26 and 27 says that you need not a man to teach you for the anointing will teach you by the Holy spirit. And so Holy spirit, I just thank you that you're a teacher, that you're the comforter, Lord, that you're the gift giver. Lord, we do we do thank you also for many men and women in every city across America that are teachers and are fathers and do know you. And Lord, I pray that anybody's watching this that's looking for community, Lord, I pray that they would find community in this season. I even feel like the Lord's saying for some of you guys that are that are watching this that um 
in order for you to have friends, you've got to learn how to be a friend. In order for you to have brothers, you've got to learn how to be a brother first. And so, Father, I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus for healing over every wound in our hearts. Lord, I I pray, God, for just deep would cry out to deep God within us and that you would draw us by your spirit into intimacy with Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would not be content to try to live off of yesterday's revelation, off of our pastor's revelation, off of our parents' revelation, but that God, I pray that there were, that even this video would provoke something inside of us to cry out to you, Father, and say, Lord, I need to see your face again today. I need to feel your breath on my neck. Lord, I need to feel your kiss upon my face. Lord, I need to hear your voice. Lord, I need to I need to know you. I want to know you, Lord. Would you just forgive us, Lord, for, for taking for granted our ability to commune with you through the Holy Spirit? Would you forgive us, God, for thinking that the word of God is boring or that intimacy with Jesus is boring? God, would you break that boredom? off of our spirits, God, today, and would you revive us and refresh us? Lord, would you release fire, God, right now on our hearts? Lord, that you would engulf us and inflame us. God, that you would captivate us and fascinate us again with your love and with your power and with your mercy. Lord, would you open us up again to the idea that you really do discipline and correct those that you love, not because you're against us, but actually because you are for us. And you long to see the image of your son be forged deep on the inside of us so that your name can receive glory in every nation of the earth. Lord, we just thank you for this time together, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Brad and and for his family and for Encounter 1078 Church, Lord, here in, in Youngstown, Ohio. We thank you for your glory in this city and what you're doing in this ministry and what you're doing through my brother, God, and what you're gonna be doing through so many of the brothers and sisters that will end up seeing this. Lord, we pray that you would take this video, take this teaching, take this time, and that, God, it would go to every person that needs to hear it and needs to to see it in order to bring glory to your name. Lord, we just love you. We bless you. We thank you, God, for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, wow, that was so good. I feel the um, the (laughs) glory of the Lord. Um, I I feel like there's some of you um, that have heard the things that we've been saying and they've been striking you in your heart and you're like, when I look around my city and I look around my town, Um, I'm just not finding that community. I'm not finding that place. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's you just haven't found it yet. And if if, if you if you will find it there, I pray that you do in Jesus name. But um, what I saw was I actually saw a map and I saw things bouncing and relocation happening. And there may be some of you that need to line your life up for the Lord. That like, what, what are we doing? Time is running out. Jesus is coming soon. And so many of us have been building a life around ourselves, but God is calling us in this hour to build our life around the person of Jesus. And if that means you have to relocate, if that means you have to go where, where this is really taking place and happening, then just do it. 
God will lead you. The spirit will lead you. God will obey. God will speak to you. God wants to speak to you way more than you desire to hear from him. That's right. He wants to release his voice. His words are spirit and they are life. And he wants to lead you. And so I just pray maybe some of you be open to that relocating. And so I just pray, God, that you would speak to the people. God, I pray that you would lead and guide. I pray that you would reveal, Thank you, Lord. God, the locations, God, that that as some, I see some of you, if even the the the, the roots of the pot of the tree, the he says we're oaks of righteousness, That's the right. planting of the Lord, that your roots are literally just banging up against the box of the soil that you're in and it's time to go where you can grow. And so I just pray for that God that you would lead Lord and that you would guide in dreams and visions and prophecy in Jesus name. Speak to people God I pray all for your glory in Jesus name. Man the glory of God man is man God bless you guys man. Amen. Go with the Lord man. Obey Jesus. Run after him with everything you got. I just, not to continue anything, but I will say, y'all, like that, I really believe that is a word from the Spirit, man. There, This time uh, uh, of where everything has been slowed down, the Lord, the hand of the Lord is on the chessboard, man, and he is yeah. moving the pieces. He won't force us, but if you're willing to get picked up and get transplanted, God will pick you up and move you and put yeah. you in a community that will bless your life. Yeah, it'll change everything. Listen, 100%. It will change Christ-centered communities that just live for the Lord. They have changed my life. These kind of relationships... You know, the, I'm telling you, I believe there's only so far you can grow in the Lord without them just because it's by divine design that God literally uh, designed it that way. And again, we can go on and on and on about how Paul said, we'll never manifest that full uh, measure of the man without it. So, uh, but we love you guys. We love you guys. Jeez. Hope you have an amazing day. Um, God bless you. We'll try to answer some of the comments and stuff in, uh, and, and, but yeah, we love you guys and hope you have an absolutely amazing day and an awesome time uh, in the Lord. Bless you.